and gentlemen, welcome back. It's the best time of year. You're here with me on the Young and the Rowdies, Patrick Young in the middle, at the beginning, I should say, of March Madness. We've already had a chance to see some crazy shots, some automatic bids, some bid stealers, um, and all the sorts in this, this crazy time that we call college basketball that's got us super excited. Right now, we're going to talk some Florida basketball, diving back into it. As you know, the, the guys right now are in the bubble. They got Texas A&M coming up here soon in the quarter quarterfinals, second, whatever the second round, they play on Thursday. They play on Thursday guys against Texas A&M. And I'm a little, I'm a little upset because I like, I like Texas A&M. I've been following their team. Obviously I like our Gators, uh, but it's going to be probably the team, obviously the team that loses since they're, they're in the next four out is going to be eliminated uh, from contention in March madness, which will be a sad day. Um, and the winner goes on to play number one Auburn. So hats off to whoever has that matchup. But anyways, enough about that. I'm excited for today's guest. I've been trying to chase him down for a while. Uh, we go way back. Actually, uh, it's it's pretty hilarious. We played each other uh, in in high school against each other in high school. Then we will become teammates and 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 longtime friends. Uh, super excited to grab this opportunity with them to hear about his journey not only as a player, but as a coach, uh, where he is seated now in the NBA. Um, should he as a, I have a great relationship with his father, uh, with his mother, with his sisters, as his brother as well. I'm super excited and pumped to hear about uh, how everyone else is doing. Um, but let's get into the episode. So without further ado, this week's episode to the young and the rowdies is none other than Billy Donovan Jr., my guy. Awesome, what Pat. Happening. What an intro. That was awesome. Yeah, Appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited that we're doing this. Oh, man. But j- just so you know, there has been some trash talking a little bit with me and uh, Caruso. So just so you know, we're, we'll be paying close attention to oh, this there game. Oh, yeah. A little bit. I a little bit. He was at, uh, he went to AM. Yeah. Did he, does he acknowledge that he wasn't that good at AM? I want him to acknowledge that. He was solid. That, he was solid. He was between, solid. between that and the mustache. <laughs> and then he on was, top of that, Pat, like I never played, right? So I never played. So like I think Texas AM was the one time I got like 15 minutes in because oh, really? Scotty, Casey, and Will gave us a good lead and got me into the game. So for that, I thank you. Especially that was some good good memories with Texas AM. I completely <laughs> forgot, man. Yeah, he Caruso. He was he was athletic back then. Like I he <laughs> I remember a play. He blocked me, but he it got called a foul because he pinned he like came help side and like pinned my joint on the backboard. But I was like, it got called a foul, so I was like, dang, thank you. That is not good. <laughs> like, that was. But they had a solid. They had a solid team though. though. Did they? Because really? they they beat. Remember that Northern Iowa game they had in the NCAA tournament? I gotta ask Alex about it. But they were. They had some teams, especially as he got older, that like went deep into the tournament. So they got a, they got a good tradition there going right now. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of their program uh, with what coach buzz is doing. It's just like, you know, they went, they started off strong. They went four straight. Um, yep. And they had Kentucky. They had their worst shooting night of the, of the season. They went one for 22 from the three point line. And they were at that point, they were their percentage of three, they were the highest three point percentage team in the league. And they went one for 22 from the three point, like right. that game like slipped out of their hands. And they had a close game against LSU. They're going to, to lose eight straight. 
And it's like right. they were in just about every single one of their games. And now they got a got a five game winning streak right now. Um, they're you know being above five hundred is is big time for them. Um, and now they got and the Gators. They the Gators had them. Um, I know they Philander's Fleming fouled a three point shooter to give them three free three, three free throws at the end there. And that was a a game the Gators could have had that as a quad one. We didn't right. we didn't have all this quad one quad two things like back did we i don't i don't i don't, remember, I don't think so i don't remember i don't anything. think so i never heard about that until this year yeah i, I mean it. i i do so i recently heard about it and that's when you brought it up but i was like confused i, I didn't know what because i'm like when we were there i don't remember anything like that happening right to my understanding it is a a, a net a team that is the net the net 75 like the top 75 and if it's a a road or a neutral site game that is a quad one game. I'm not okay. sure what it is when they come to your place. If that's a quad one, like if you like, I know having when the Gators beat Auburn at home, Auburn was number two in the country. I know that was right. a quad one win, but I don't, I don't really care too much. It's like at the end of the day, yeah. hey, just win the games you're supposed to win. Right, hundred you know percent. Good teams will just win games they're supposed to win. Right, uh, and to and to your point with you know with Texas A and M and their ability to shoot the three point shot, like. Teams that have success, I feel like in the postseason, can make can make those shots. And even like the under, you know, the underdog, the lower seeds, and whether it's a conference tournament, the NCAA tournament, a lot of the a lot of those teams stay around with those with those heavy hitters because of the three point shot. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see that you know some of those teams that really shoot the three ball well, but at this, but to your point too, if they're not making any, it's 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 hard to win. It's hard to win. How, uh, have you been able to keep up with any? SEC, but I would think not because you're, you know, well, first I'll tell, tell everybody where, where you're at right now and, and what you're doing. Um, and then we'll dive into uh, a little bit of SEC and just your journey, all that stuff. Well, you know, wherever it goes, it goes, man. These, yeah. These just, just a conversation, away. just a yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so right now, as I was telling Pat earlier, I'm in a beautiful downtown Detroit where it's still freezing and, and uh, windy. So we're in the Midwest for sure. But um so my role right now with the team is uh, is video coordinator, and so basically my responsibilities and in, in my role, um, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm, I'm on the floor with the guys as far as player development, uh, helping our guys on the court, um, assisting with scouts, um, you know, player development projects, basically anything video related that we can teach or scout. Um, that kind of falls in in, in my domain. So. Um, it's a great opportunity to learn the league, learn players, learn coaches, um, learn organizations. So it's been, um, you know, this, this is my third year in the video room. Now I had my first year with coach Monty Williams, who you played for Pat. Yeah. So, um, just an unbelievable guy to be around. And then, but, but the amount of knowledge I've been able to, you know, to learn has been incredible. So just still trying to soak it all up as much as I can. And I have nothing but amazing thing to say about coach Monty Williams, man. He is like, how it's like how, he's one of those people where it's like how can anyone not like this guy right like, even though of course there's times where he's got to get on guys and he's got to be oh, yeah. he's still so compassionate and understanding mm-hmm. and i'm just like my only thing was like i wish i would have had more time with him you know sure. i just feel like i feel like i i he he was such a, a he is if you want to be receptive to it he is a molder of men um you know, he he is a a guy I look to your dad as well that I'm like, yep, those are guys. Those are men. I want to model myself after how they love their families, their, their 
the passion of their career, their consistency, their faith. And I'm like, those are the, and I just wish, you know, after being around your dad for four years, more than that, and then being around coach Monty Williams, I'm like, dang, I just feel like I got shortchanged from being around him. I'll tell, tell you this, uh, you know, when I got to the NBA, uh, when coach Williams told me that I was going to make the team um, a few days, a few weeks, I'll say a week later or so, he's like, Hey, Rook, come over to the house. And I'm like, am I in trouble? Like what's going on? <laughs> it's, yeah. He, he has, he, he's like, Hey man, uh, I'm purging some suit. I didn't, and I didn't know what the word purge meant. Like, I'm like, what yeah. you I was like, he, he gave me like, like eight different suits. Uh, like he just gave them to me. And they baggy? He, yeah, they were baggy. <laughs> They're definitely baggy. <laughs> they were baggy. I remember, I remember watching him like when he was in new Orleans, he had those baggy suits on and he was hey, man. cold stoic on the, on the it's, sidelines. It's still, it's not, I think I, uh, I got most of them kind of, kind of fit in. To, to fit me a little bit better uh but yeah he he likes that baggy look man and i'm like coach He's you're sharp fit. Like, coach you're fit you're like, <laughs> man like, wait, like you know yeah, he'll be he's always on the elliptical watching film or, or reading something from from the bible he's reading passages and stuff but his it's amazing just where his mind goes and like the thing even though i worked with him for only a year and that was the bubble year and man it was so like that was honestly probably besides my time at Florida, that was probably one of the best basketball experiences I've ever had. Cause you were in the bubble. We were, you, were, you were there. The, we, the yes. We were, we were there in the bubble and we just had each other, you know, we had Mikhail Bridges, young bookers, young, and still is young cam Johnson. Like, you know, all these guys coming up campaign, Ricky Rubio, who, who's an older guy. It's been around some winning organizations, but like, and the way they just bought into coach and bought into the program and bought into the system, like, and we went eight and up and like, and didn't lose a game. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and I really believe that even though like, quote unquote, they may not have the superstars as many teams do have, but like their connectivity is like, you, can, you just can't break it. And that's how they beat teams. And some that's so rare, I feel like in the NBA, because um, they've been together that long. But it just kind of reminds me of the teams we had at Florida, just how, you know, coach and coach Monty, like always rely on the connectivity piece. Cause you know, at the end of the day, like a team is going to be, you know, a group of individuals where it's one individual to like, whatever it is. And, right. you know, it's so cool to hear him preach on that. And the way they play is, is, is really remarkable. Dang. I didn't realize you were, you were in the bubble. Like, uh, well, you went, what was the journey after, after, uh, you know, you, for those fans that don't know, uh, Billy, where, you, where did you go to play right out of high school? So after, so after the, the, the painful, the painful loss of, of playing against Providence, my senior year of high school to none other than, than Patrick Young. Um, yeah, it might've been by like 30, might've been by like 30, but Saint anyway, St. <laughs> Francis. So after, after the loss, um, I went to Catholic university, which is really the only school that really recruited me hard. And I had, I had the great idea of, you know what, I, I think I want to do politics and government service. And so I had a couple internships and I quickly realized, I mean, as anyone looks in this day and age, you're like, wow, I really don't want to do, I really don't want to do this. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for, you know, people that, that do those kinds of things and, you know, invest their life to it. But, you know, it's something that just wasn't for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basketball has always been, you know, a part of my life and, you know, I really enjoy kind of the, you know, the basketball piece, especially at the college level. So I kind of want to invest in that more. 
Um, and, uh, so I talked to my dad about transferring to Florida and being a walk-on. And, uh, so we kind of made the decision to transfer after my sophomore year from Catholic. And, uh, and obviously Lauren was there, but you know, she was definitely a little bit of a, of a reason to go back. Right. <laughs> so, you know, spending a year apart was hard. Um, so, and then we decided to make the switch and, um, it was kind of interesting at the time because it, it, it taught me early on how to be the coach's kid, you know, especially in this profession that we're in, because everyone knows who my dad is. Right. And, but, um, but it was, it was hard at the beginning. Cause I mean, you know, you guys were like, is this guy cool? Is this guy going to tell him, <laughs> is this guy like the fed or whatever? Yeah. You know, so there'd be times where I, I kind of came into the locker room and it would get quiet like the first couple of weeks. And then I remember it was you, Eric Murphy and Dodo. And, and really, Scotty, because I, I, I had a relationship already with Scotty. You guys kind of really took me under your wing and, and everything else. But once I felt like I put that work in with you guys with Preston, I feel like I was able to earn y'all's respect and trust. And it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life, like those those three yeah. years. So, well, um, let me pause you there, right? In the, you know, for, for people that don't know, uh, I th- was this our junior junior year or senior year when we started working out together? When you, I think you it was junior year. Junior year. Oh. It was you, Michael Frazier, and me. Yeah. Still so have nightmares. Nightmares of that still summer. have nightmares. Well, I felt so bad. I felt more bad for you because this was like, <laughs> this like hey, welcome to the real, team. <laughs> your first real experience of like college training. I'm not sure if you did stuff with like Matt Herring or anything in the past, but like to the yeah. level of an extent, because it's like there's one thing of, you know, you start, you got, you build a foundation you have a kind of normal program Preston threw you in to German all all the German body comp stuff like it it (laughs) was I was I was only like throwing up on Fridays or like getting close to it (laughs) you were like every day it was every day it was every day (laughs) and like the thing that would really make me upset was like when we had conditioning at 6 (laughs) a.m like Mike Rosario like is coming in just beating everybody and you and I are like eating like chicken and broccoli every night. And I'm like, you know, puffing and puffing, throwing up in the trash can. And Mike's just like, come on, man. We got, you know, I'm like, I got Mike, I got Mike not right shame. now, bro. Not right I have now. No shame <laughs> of, of, I have no shame in telling what Mike was. I don't know the exact details of what he did the night before, but I know <laughs> one time that conditioning, 6 a.m. conditioning, you know, everyone's thinking about it. It's trying to get and for the conditioning. We all know it was, uh, uh, the 300s or whatever where you have to do yeah five up and down 10 times 60 second rest you got to get all 10 you know 10 times you got to get them all right. and um Mike Rosario whatever he did the night before he rode a scooter from wherever he was that was not his house as I'm sure he went out I'm sure he got less than two or three hours of sleep and you're like there's no way this guy is gonna and smoking die. everybody Killing and everybody. He was running backwards at some point in time. Just <laughs> He's like, like coaching up guys on the sideline. Like, come on, man. Like, like stand up. What are you so t-? I'm like, I'm like, Mike, not right now, bro. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, he was unbelievable. It and you, but but it makes you think, you know, because I, I had uh I had the me hook on on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And it's like, man, you you guys could achieve that level without putting the work in, without being committed. Just imagine if you would have been fully committed, right? You would 100%. have. Like, where where would your body? Where would you be? And and I'm sure you you 
being in the position that you are now, um, being removed from from college, because obviously a lot of kids in college don't get it, you know, don't understand what it means to be a pro. Like, what is the difference that you've seen in lifestyle and approach from? And I'm sure there's still some kids that struggle with it that are young. Yeah, from, yeah, uh, for sure. But what have you what have you noticed different wise and the approach and all that stuff? So, so really, for me, the thing is that that's going to get you into the NBA, as you know, Pat, just with your experience. Like, you have to have a certain skill set, meaning you're super athletic, or you're like you're gifted in that area, right? Or you have a skill set that you do really, really well, like like shooting, for example, or defending, and the one thing that it's, it's like interesting, it's really weird, but the, but the way I see the NBA is guys doing less and picking one or two things to do really, really well. Like, you know, you know, for example, we have Tristan Thompson who we just signed recently and like, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be flashy and have all these sexy stats and all that kind of stuff. Right. But the one thing he is going to do is he's going to guard. He's going to be a presence at the basket. And he's going to set screens and get guys like DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and Zach Levine, like downhill into the rim. And but guys have to understand, he can, like, he can still yeah. finish. He can still rebound. Like probably not 100%. to the same level when but he was like, at the end, but he can still do yeah. a, a great job. But if you commit yourself to those like two or three things and be elite at it, you're going to be in the league for a long time. Like the one guy yeah. that really comes to mind in that regard is Tyson Chandler. Oh yeah. Ch- yes, yeah, so, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, but I, I think guys need to be accepting of their role in what they do, because there's only 5% of the league. That is the Joel Embiid's. That is LeBron James. That is the James Harden's. That is, you know, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Like that's 5% of the league. The other 95%, in my opinion, are all replaceable guys. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to see. And like, you know, someone that's near and dear to our heart is, uh, is, is Dodo. Yeah. Like in, oh, in, in the con and the contract he just signed, like he's invested yeah. and committed himself. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to lock down the team's best defender or best, best offensive player. I'm going to play defense and I'm going to make perimeter shots on the other. That's it. And, and now the guys like just got, you know, a really good contract. That's kind Three of year, 56, some million dollar contract. Yeah. So I just think if guys really commit themselves to, you know, one or two things and understand that, okay, I'm probably going to be a 95% type player and just be really good at these certain things and be a good teammate and be coachable. That, that goes a long way. And that's how guys stick. Have you have you seen guys that kind of really fight and resist that acceptance? And it's not that, you know, because there's some guys that have like you look at a TJ Warren. I'm not sure how well he's playing now, but in the he was playing outstanding in the bubble. He was playing like, yeah, but, you know, guys that have to just kind of be play that role. And then it pans out. But there's also guys that kind of do it and it doesn't work out. Like, have you seen guys that? You don't have to name anybody, but have you just seen guys fighting yeah. that, that wanting the, to accept the role type deal? For sure. And like the one guy that really comes to mind that's kind of had a second chance is PJ Tucker. He's like the one guy yeah. that really stands oh out to me. You know, yeah. like the amount of success and the accolades he had in college, it's now expecting like, okay, I'm here now. I'm in the NBA. You know, I had all, all these accolades and all the success in college. Like where did all of it go? And it took him to like go back to Europe have to understand like okay this is what i need to do and how he built himself back up and completely redefine himself like invest in his body invest in his preparation you know picked a couple things where he's gonna be really good now the guy's like 34 35 years old won a championship and is now on arguably like the best team in the east so it's so i think his story he's like the biggest guard (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even, what is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but like, that's, that's, just, that's the beautiful thing about it. What is he? He he was able to play center at some yeah. point, at some points for the Rockets when he was there. Like he was able to be ver- not yeah. down the shot because he understood his role and he understood yeah. what he needed to do to help the team. And he was bought in. 100%. And, and that and just being bought in and being coachable and just being a good teammate, like goes a long way. It really Man. does. It really does. So, um, yeah, let's take it back, man. Like, for you, when did you know? When? How old were you when your dad took the job at at uh, Florida? Eight I years was old. Four. four. Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Gosh. Ninety six. Really? Four, four years old. Gosh. What was your earliest memory of? that you can think of, of like when it comes to your time in Gainesville and it, relating to the, the Gators and stuff? Uh, well, my first memory is being bit by a fire ant. That was, that was, you know, that was <laughs> as weird as that is, but like, you know, cause, cause like in, in Kentucky and West Virginia, like you have black ants, you know what I mean? So like you just let them like crawl on you or whatever. And then all of a sudden you come to Florida and you see a fire ant and you pick it up. It's like, you're not thinking of anything. And it's like, wow, that was not a good idea. So that was my first experience in Florida. Yeah, because you know, I was stupid at the time. But um, but really like the one I mean, probably the teams I remember early on was like the first 2000 Final Four team. That yeah. team like really stuck out to me, like with Teddy Dupay, Justin Hamilton, Udonis Haslam, like who's still <laughs> still playing in the league, which is amazing. Talk about a guy accepting his role. Um, but uh, you know, that team was probably the first time uh really first memory I had of Florida basketball and obviously Florida being the football school that it is that was really like obviously they went to the final four in, in earlier years with, with coach Kruger but um but that I think that was like the the beginning point of you know Florida basketball as it's you know viewed now and it kind of put Florida back on the map a little bit and even the guys they, that you know coach started recruiting there after that final four you know, kind of set it up for the long term and, and, uh, you know, really put it on the map in, in, in a big way. Yeah. You know, I know, I know early on, like growing up, was there a, cause I know, I mean, the stories that I've heard from your dad and from some of the other players, like before recruiting rules were even changed, like I can only imagine, like he was on the road, like there were no rules, I think for a while of like recruiting until I don't know when the rules changed. But like, yeah. like how, like how did that, like, what did you understand, like how him being on the road as much as like affecting recruiting and bringing players in and all that stuff? No, I, I had no idea. And you know, I think I think his work ethic in a lot of ways came from playing for Rick Patino and working for Patino at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's where that's how the twenty hour rule got put in. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, you know, my dad when he was at Providence, they would practice like three times a day. And their only off day would be like Christmas. So they were practicing every day. And, you know, just, just hearing my dad's stories, you know, there were times where he would just be like, oh, today might be the day. You know what I mean? Like either I pass out on the floor, or I don't know what's going to happen, but he's like, today might be the day. But it's just like, and then the 20 hour rule came in, but just like how much coaches have to sacrifice, you know, early on in their careers, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And as you know, like being a successful person, like you have to sacrifice and oh. it's, um, it's not a glamorous job and it is, it does get muddy and it does get mucky. And, 
you know, it's, it, it could be a lot on families, but at the same time too, like the amount of success and like the blessing that my family's had being in Gainesville for 19 years, that's like, uh, that's unheard of. Yeah. Like that's because, that's because of the foundation that he set, you know, and really like leaving on your terms, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's, that's so rare. And like, then you get to the NBA and like, you see these coaches that are there for three or four years, people are like, Oh, that's plenty of time. I'm like, really? You know what I mean? It's crazy. So, but it just makes me more appreciative of the fact that like the way my dad worked and grinded and provided for, you know, my mom, my brother, and my sisters, like it's such a blessing, especially in this profession that that's so, that's so volatile, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's, you know, coaches, families that have, you know, three or four different jobs growing up, you know, it's three or four different cities and people forget that, you know, coaches have families too. And, you know, it's, it's a lot on them. But so what did you guys do in the, in like, when you, when you had a chance, when there wasn't recruiting and there wasn't like, what'd you guys do where like any family vacations or something that are very memorable or something that like a trip? Really, really it was Crescent beach for us. Oh man. I mean, that was that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all we needed, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, my dad growing up was never a big golfer. So like when he wasn't working, he was home. Like he was really good about that. So like he wasn't out, you know, golfing or, you know, doing it really much of anything. Oh, golfing now. But like <laughs> before then, he was just he, he just wanted to be home with us because we were so young at the time. But like I remember I still remember driving over to Crescent Beach and my dad playing like Grateful Dead <laughs> and like showing me all the stuff like Dave Matthews band, U2, like <laughs> Neil Neil Young and all these old school artists who like we still listen to like to this day. But it was like and like Crescent Beach is such a special place for like my family and I. And you know, it's where you know, Laura and I got engaged. It's where we got married. So, and um, I can see my parents, you know, once my, once my father's done coaching, like, I think that's where they're going to be. So yeah, it's, it's a special place, but that's, that's really all we needed growing up, you know? Yeah. I'm thankful. As far as, I as, far as family uh, vacations. I didn't know Crescent beach was always the spot. I thought yeah, that was it's, a fairly recent thing. Like when, uh, like before the house you guys have now, um, I like where it was, like, where'd you guys live before that, that house? So we, we had a condo that condo. we had, I, I think, I think my parents got it maybe when I was, I want to say maybe 13, 14 years old. Okay. I might, okay. I might, I might've been a little bit younger, but that's, that's kind of where my mind goes to. But, um, I yeah, we kind of just, we, we just had that spot. I, I, Cedar Key was the spot. <laughs> yeah. Cedar Key was my dad's spot. My, my mom wasn't over there too much. <laughs> <laughs> Man. One time, one time I went out fishing with my, uh, my really good friend uh Corey to Cedar Key we went out early I, I don't know if we were in the middle of the season we might have been had a day off or something and I see Mark I'm at the pier walking off the pier and then I see Mark Degnall <laughs> he's like he's, Cat, he used to you, use it all the time like, Cat, what are you doing here it's like I like to go fish it's like what are you doing here coach <laughs> like man that's like, clear my mind it's like yeah well he he used it all the time oh that was like eventually it became like Mark's house <laughs> yeah I, I believe it you know, when you, when you look back at, and, you know, people talk about this all the time when they, I guess you, you would think about, I guess more, more recently, you, you would think about coach K in the sense of like the coaching, the, like the coaching tree and all the coaches that came and worked with coach K or players and that have gone on to the programs uh, after that has success, you know, it's success isn't linear, but they've got gotten opportunities. You know, right. when you, when you think about like all the coaches, that have worked under your dad or with your dad like is it is it just kind of crazy to think like 
you know, that, that tree branch just goes so far, you know, you oh, got, yeah, it's nuts. Mark Degnall, yeah. Matthew McCall, Donnie Jones, uh, Norm Roberts, Rob Lanier at Georgia state, just, just won yeah. their conference. Like, is there, like, can you even, and there's many more, Larry Shiat went on to Wyoming. Shiat, yeah. Um, Coach uh, Richard Patino went to Minnesota. I'm not sure where he's at now. Um, Josh, Josh New Mexico. Hill, yep. uh, Billy O'Hare, yeah. Like, literally, there's so many guys. Uh, Matt Wise or uh, Mark, yeah, Matt Wise winning coach. Like it's, it's yeah. just unbelievable. You know, and even like in the NBA, like like just we played Milwaukee a couple of days ago, and I'm sitting con- having a conversation with Lex Edwards. You know, it's oh, like, wow. are you serious? And, and like. Devon Walker's with OKC now. He's in the video room in OKC. Like Skylar Rimmer's a player development guy in Milwaukee. Like Torian Green's here with he's here with, playing with he's, he's playing a, with OKC's G League team. No, he's he's in the video room. He's working in the oh, video wow. room. He's Devo? coach. Yeah. And where Lex, top, where Lex is in Milwaukee. Skylar Rimmer's also in Milwaukee, and now we got Torian Green as, as part of with their. He is he a practice player guy or like a. He's like a he's like a player development coach now. Player he's development like, coach. I thought. So. I mean, he's basically like Giannis's like you know like punching that like, yeah, yeah. quite a few times <laughs> oh yeah but like I was, I was thinking i was i think i was talking to Torian about this the other day i'm like it's crazy like the amount of florida people like that are just in the league in college to your point and it's it's like really special and like all those in this see and kind of think about the amount of people my dad's impacted you know it's i mean it's it's, it's shows just how selfless he's been and you know it's something i definitely try to strive for yeah, and it's it's so crazy because I, I had never thought about this. I'm trying who was I talking to yesterday? I think I oh I was doing a serious XM and we were just talking about how you're, you're uh, worldwide now, just so you know. Huh? You're worldwide. Man, it's it's a prestige world. Blessing and a curse, man. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I tell you what, this these last three months have been something planning a wedding at the same time, but they've been something serious. But congratulations was, on that, by the way. Just thank you, July 9th, July 9th, July 9th. in Omaha. We're getting married in Omaha. But I was just thinking about like, OK, there's recruiting, there's getting players. There's like if you if you get hired, if I get hired as a coach, um, a college coach somewhere. First first things first you do is you get like your coaches. Like the first yeah. thing you usually do is you got to get your assistant coaches do you keep the ones that are there? Do you bring new ones with you? Do you bring like, what is, then you have to get your players, keeping players, keeping your players, transfer portal now, meeting with the families, uh, recruiting continues. This coach wants to get an opportunity somewhere else. Like he got, like, do you, do you like, nah, man, don't leave me. Or I want you to, and I, I think, you know, just you're, you're, and it's crazy. Cause like Shaka smart, he was the one that recruited me to come to right. Florida. Like he was, he was the one that was, that I was connecting with consistently of course your dad was uh, a big part as well but he never coached Shaka Smart he never coached me a day of my career he was going before I got there right. and would I have loved for him to stay absolutely I would have loved yeah. for him to be uh, be my guy but it just goes to show like could your dad I'm sure your dad could have been like oh no nah, man come on you need to stay but it seems right. like through the, through the time my four years I was there I probably had 14, 12 to 14 different assistant coaches that all yeah. just got opportunities to be a head coach somewhere else. And it's just like, it's mm-hmm. mind blowing. Yeah, and it's they, crazy. Everyone, everyone, quality, great guys. Even Burnout, yeah. even Rashawn Burnout. Yeah, I'm so. God, Love Coach Burnout, man. He's, uh, uh, he's over in Northern Illinois. 
Now head coach in Northern yep. Illinois. Yep. Doing um, his thing. It's it's ahead. been well deserved. He's you know he's he's deserved that position for a long long time. So I'm finally happy. It, you know it happened for him. Um, but just one quick Bruno story. Oh yeah, so, bring it. If you got any, you, if you got any John Pelfrey stories as well, let's get some of those. <laughs> get out there, Billy. So, but anyway, Dylan, Dylan, screeching. But Poor so Dylan you know you, you you know how you know Berno like loved to bring in like the shoe swag. That was like his thing. You know, and that's and that's like when the KDs and LeBrons were starting to come out and become like more and more popular, and they were colorful and all this other stuff, like stuff that I would wear, like I just shouldn't wear. But Berno would always bring him in. So I remember one day, like coach was like a little late for practice, and we were all like, "What's this guy doing? What's going on?" And then here comes coach walking down the stairs with his shoes on. <laughs> with Berno's shoes on. Berno's Berno's like colorful Kevin Durant's on. <laughs> so, so just to like rub it in his face, but like. And like the, going back to your staff, I just feel like he did such a good job of hiring guys because the staff always seemed to have a good time, whether like it was with them or with us, like their, their bond and their connection was like so good. And like stuff like that would happen all the time. And, you know, cause I feel like, it, you know, it's, whether it's a college season or an NBA season, like the season's long. And if you're not going to be dealing with people that you don't want to be around, like it's, it makes it that much longer. So you got to find people that you want to be around every day. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I think they, they all just really enjoyed each other. I mean, from top to bottom, literally, literally like it's, it's so cool. Like Darren Hurts was net never, never guy coach, but he was like, he was like, we, I called him coach. I called him coach Hurts, but yeah. now he is like assistant a, coach yeah. at Dayton, the Dayton Flyer. And now Oliver right. Winterbone, he's helping people get connected in coaching. Like I spoke, yeah. I was I was thinking about getting into coaching for a little bit. So hey man, if you're ever interested, you know, let me know. That's what I that's what I do now. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollar match bonus for your first deposit. But what the, sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money with their new rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer more secure and more reliable with basketball season tipping off get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the bet rivers ios app must be 21 years or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLING yeah um but man john pelfrey Gosh, I, I got to get him on the podcast, man. That, he, that's a, it's Papa Pell. Man, <laughs> what, it was so crazy. Like, John Pelfrey is one of my favorite people in the world. And fantastic guy. I mean, is no matter what, fantastic. But it's just like, when he stepped between those lines, it's like oh, something in him just it, snapped. Just the, the passion and the fire that came out of him some days was, was unreal. And I'm like... But like he couldn't defend like coach bell all due respect i love you but when you're at kentucky you couldn't defend you weren't you weren't you weren't closing out and taking a step back you weren't taking away the shot you weren't getting to the white line <laughs> but goodness gracious like, could, he coach like, it or could he coach it God. oh he yeah but like and it was, it was like he and i had a special relationship obviously because he was one of my dad's first assistants and you know obviously when he came back because he was like he was the orange team head coach so yep. like I, I got coached by him 
more so than my dad in a lot of yeah. ways. Like most days, Coach Pell was coaching me. And I, no one ever taught me like team defense the way he did. And like the one guy that like, you know, really taught me a lot about just basketball and, and positioning and, and work ethic and how defense is basically, it's a team effort, not just an individual was because of coach Pell. And like, even just listening to him talk or go through film, like he was, he was an expert at all those things. Yeah. And he was Man. such a good coach. I absolutely love playing for him, even though I murmured probably a lot of stuff under my breath. Oh, man. <laughs> at him all the but time. He has, but like, he has, he's one of the most quick witted, clever people I've ever met. Just the things that he would say that come off the tip of his tongue and there, there are pelism, pel, pelfryisms. Oh, yeah. And I can't even, I can't even explain them. Like the people, you would have to be there to just yeah. be like, what the heck did he just say? Yeah, but and it's it, just like it, I, I don't I remember, it, but it hits me right here. But he he would like say like things like, you know what, guys, if we were all doctors and we were in the ER right now, with your effort and your attention to detail, we would have dead patients all over the emergency room, <laughs> and we're all like, wait, what? <laughs> but it just like it just only highlights how urgent the situation was at the time. And then like, I remember us being at Auburn, like we're not playing well. I think like. We, might, we were definitely like top 10 in the country at that point. Like we were playing really, really well. And I think Mike Frazier might have blown a, a pick and roll coverage or had a bad closeout stance, opened up his stance, whatever happened. And like Coach Pell wasn't yelling at him. Like the calmest question I ever asked, like ever seen him. And he, he asked Frazier, he's like, are you concussed? <laughs> like, like as, as, just like that. <laughs> like they're just – some of the stuff how I mean, he would just go at guys like and just try to grab guys' attention was unreal. But like he was so much fun it to worked. play for. Oh, it worked. like our defense, I, Pat. But how good was our? Obviously, you and Scotty well, were yeah. like the anchors of that, and obviously Will as well, and Casey because like our defense was unreal. But like I think yeah. Pell had a lot to do with that, and Coach obviously you know handled the offense. But yeah. um, but I think he, he he had a lot to do with how good our defense was that year. Well, yeah, I want to give I, I 100% give credit to Coach Pell. Like, but for me to start, I I want to give credit to Larry Shiat. He was the first one that taught me, you know, that white line defense and understanding that. And coach and your dad helped me understand like pick and roll defense. But mm-hmm. yeah, John Pelfrey, he took me to another level and understanding. Like there was one time we had film and we just came off of a win. And it, this was more of a like encouraging film. Like, guys, this is the picture. This is right. what you guys, it was, it was insane. It was like the ball shifted from wing to wing and everyone in sync just at the right time, at the right position, jumped to the ball, got to their second, their two pass away position, got to their denial position, jumped to the ball. And he's like, this is, this is championship basketball. This is this is it right here. You guys get it, and and I'll never forget. I'll tell this as well. Do you remember what we did at the beginning of every practice? Do you remember? I don't know. You gotta be. I don't know. You gotta tell we me. Stretched, after we stretched and did our warm up, do you remember what drill that Coach Pelfrey had us doing every time? Was it the closeout drill? Nope. It was it was a dribble handoff exchange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The dribble handoff and just For, like, form, yeah. position and. Yeah. That oh my gosh, it just got to the point where, and you know, it, it, that's how it's gonna be when you got 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, you're not gonna really understand the benefits of doing like the big picture of like and coach in uh Nick Saban says this, we're not gonna do this till we 
get it right. We're going to do this so we can't get it wrong. Like, we'll, so we never, and it was that type of deal. And I just remember one time coming into practice and we're like, oh, we got to do this again. We got to do this again. Like going through the motions. And then your dad's like, <laughs> he didn't laugh. He's just like, all right, guys, I'll see y'all back at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or, the, or the best he would do that or he would start practice over <laughs> where's Preston? Preston, get out here we're starting practice over stretch these guys out again <laughs> oh man yeah that that would happen that would happen often but it, it, it was so ironic because that dribble handoff was exactly and when we're, we're in this championship game in the SEC championship game against Kentucky and Kentucky tried for the last play of the game that was they it run, they try to run a dribble handoff exchange to try and get James Young I think downhill Yep. And it is just unbelievable. Scotty stops him. He, he James Young's fault, uh, loses the ball. We follow oh. him. We celebrate. It was just like, man. That was, oh, the confetti came down that night. That was special. Oh, that was man. really special. Dude, and how did it feel to be a part of that? Like you saw, you, you saw what your dad accomplished on the outside, you know, mm-hmm. with the back to back championships and, like, how did it feel like being a part of that, the the team and the championships and sharing that with your dad? Like, that's got to be insane. It, it, I mean, obviously, like, you just have different experiences on, like, your basketball career or playing career, whatever it was. Like, I didn't play a lick, as you know. But I never felt more part of the team than my time in Florida. And that had a lot to do with you guys. And, you know, it taught me early on, like, listen, we get you're the coach's kid. We get it, but you still have to show up and work and, and basically earn your way. You want our respect, you're going to have to earn it. And that taught me, you know, at a young age, like, all right, this is, this is what it is, you know. And, and from that, like, you know, I mean, those bonds, you know, will never be broken. And, that, and even to do that with your dad yeah, is so, something that's crazy. It's like the same thing now. Like, you know, my dad and I are working for the Chicago Bulls. Like, it's, it's crazy. You know, like that's that's like a once in a lifetime thing. It just makes you think how how fortunate and blessed you are. It's, you know, words can't describe it really. Not even just working, but like you said, arguably one of the best teams in the East. At one point, number one team, number one team in the East. But like another thing, like that you have to give credit to you for, man. You had a torn rotator cuff. Yeah, yeah, labrum, yeah. Or yeah. labrum. You had a torn yeah. labrum in your in your shoulder, and you just. Thank, I mean, shout out to Duke Werner that just like, hey, you, did you end up getting surgery on it eventually? I did at the at the end of the season. Yep. But, uh, the season? How's yeah, it doing Duke, now? That's oh, good. It's good. I still got the slingshot jump shot, but it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, you do yeah, have Duke, and, Duke and I. Duke and you I do. spent a lot of time together that year. <laughs> spent yeah. a lot of time together. Gosh, I love Duke, man. Gosh, I oh. hope I hope he hits a lifetime. He should have a lifetime contract. Oh, University. He's Miss, he's, he's Mister. Whenever Florida, he doesn't want to do anything. Whenever he doesn't yeah. want to do it anymore, uh, yeah. that's when it's. But I, I, I like whenever I go back to Florida, and it's it was weird for me, man. At first, like when your dad decided to uh, go to OKC um, at the year after after I, uh, I left, we had Dodo and and Jake and uh, I think Michael Frazier. He was still there. Yeah, he was still he was there. Still there. Yep, he was still there. Um, yep. And then you know, Coach White gets hired. And I'm just like, man, I, ain't, I mean, I ain't going back. Hey, my coach, I don't know this guy. Who, I'm like, who's still there? Then I saw, you know, Preston stayed, Tracy stayed, Duke stayed, yep. uh, Mike Roebuck. 
Denver parlor still. And then I got a chance to really get to know uh, Coach White. And I was uh, super excited because he was a fan. He was and is a fantastic guy. It's just oh. like, even from Denver, he's like, Denver's like, and for you guys don't know, he's the SID uh, Denver parlor. And he's like, I am, he's like, I'm completely blessed to go from Billy Donovan to Mike White. I could not have gotten a better group of a better pairing of coaches to work with. They are, they are the, the standard, the standard of coaches to work with, with the media stuff, with whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, coach White's awesome, man. H have you had yeah. a chance to um, get to know him a little bit? Yeah. And like the, the one thing I will say is like, whatever I am in town, like in the off season and stuff, like, you know, he has my grandfather and I come by, you know, whatever we want just to watch individuals or practice. And he's been so open and, you know, gracious with his time. Um, but the fact that he's been able to do what he's done as far as getting to the tournament and, and being competitive in the SEC, like, especially now that college has changed so much. If you think about like when we were there and the fact that, you know, all the things that he's done and accomplished there has been, you know, incredible. And um, it's just amazing how much college has changed and how, you know, these coaches just keep learning how to adapt to, you know, their new surroundings and new environment and still try to find ways to be competitive and try to try to win games. Man, it's it's crazy how much the rules have changed so fast. It's nuts. It's crazy. Like, I I think it was my I'm not sure. Were you were you there with us when they changed the rules on on how fouls are being called? Yeah, it was like a point of emphasis, right? We had we had a practice in the O Dome. Um and, and some league officials had, came through, right? It had some league officials. Yeah. You remember, you remember absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I just remember like I, I picked up like three fouls like that because you could not touch a guy and, and, and I get it if he if because I had will you get had me on the post faced up he drove I touched him and it wasn't I didn't slow him down I didn't bump him off his movement he didn't lose the ball he had complete control the entire time I reached out and touched him foul I was like what it's, yeah that's a foul but, like yeah and now and the rules are, are different. Now it's like much more, it's much more free. They don't, but you know, everyone's complaining about the block and charge calls right now. Which, oh yeah. It's like, I still, I like, like officials, even at the NBA level, I still don't really know, <laughs> know what to call at times. Like it's, it's so fast, it's, man. It's so hard. And, but like one of, one of my jobs is to like officiate our, our games live in practice. Is that and fun? like you, 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 yeah. I mean like guys yell at you and stuff, but you just ignore them. So it's like, it's like, all right, which pisses them off even more. <laughs> so, but like, you just, you just, you get mad respect for like officials, whether it's college or the NBA, because it's so hard. It's like, you know what? I probably should not react as much. <laughs> yeah. I got a new, I got a newfound respect for those guys. Gosh, man, it's, they get paid well. Don't get me wrong, but it's, yeah. I don't know, is, is it, is the money worth the, the verbal abuse? Because uh, yeah. I was, I was at, uh, at SEC Network a few days ago or whenever, and we were talking about uh, how the coaches used to be mic mic'd up, and I'm like, do you know what people would pay to get what a one of their coaches says to the referees during a game? Are you kidding? Oh, your dad was always gosh. really, but your dad, like, I learned, I learned some good. Your your dad used the word absurd a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> or how about the right now, right? Now? <laughs> right now right now, right now right. He, he would he would definitely say like that call or what the rest are doing are absurd he never like he never like got out never cursed at him 
he uh, would like, always walk. He would always like he 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 had a healthy respect for them, and you can yeah. definitely tell that the league officials have, you know, they had they have a healthy respect for him as well, you know. Yeah. And but you know, because they're people, they're human, and like especially if you're if if you're like officiating, like say a Auburn Florida game, you know, like like a couple weeks ago, like that's a that's a crazy environment. Like it's it's oh, all human nature, right? So I mean. You know, be able to learn how officials make mistakes, and you know, part of it's part of what could being a competitor is. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of stuff outside of your control, but you know, how well and you I control think, your controllables is important. Exactly, and and like the 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 culture of our team of the program was always like control what you can control, and like no one play, no one play is a culmination of the like no one play should scream. This is why you guys lost. Like there are like if and I'm saying that in in a, in a sense to the end, like when you go back and look at like if it's a shot, if it's a foul at the end, yes, those things are bad. But like, what about all the other t- things in between? Did, did and these are these are things that don't go in the stat chart. Like, how well did you box out today? How well did you run the right. floor? How well did you communicate? Did you rotate? Did you have high hand? Like these small, they're small things that don't go, but they they are the details that separate and show what a winning team is. Hundred percent. Know? When I the, the when I looked at when Villanova beat North Carolina in the championship, which had the the most wonderful finish to a college basketball championship in the history, um, I North Carolina was the better team. They had they had the better they had everything that was better size, uh, shooting ability. I mean, if it wasn't for Marcus Page, Marcus Page had a miraculous shot right before the game winner, mm-hmm. but. Villanova, they they reminded me so much of our team. Like they did, hundred percent. They denied the post. They like every time it was Bryce Johnson, I think, which we almost, which we, your dad recruited to come to Florida, but he didn't go to the yeah. Like he couldn't get anything easy because there was high hand, there was ball pressure. Try like when, whenever they wanted to make a post pass, it was always had to work. There was always denials. There was rotations. They were boxing out. They were being physical. The guards were competing with the bigs. The bigs were like it was unbelievable. I was like, Villanova is putting themselves in a position to win this game. And yeah, and then like you, I mean, you had a three-headed monster right there with you know with with Ryan Archie Diacono, who we had here last year in Chicago. You had Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, like just dealing with those three dudes, like. Like defensively, like good luck to you. No, Bridges was there. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, like yeah, good luck dealing with those three. So let me ask you this: like, um, you were with the Spurs a little bit, then you went to the Suns, um, like, and then now you're with the Bulls. But I'll just ask you on the level of first off, with what have you noticed different with your dad's coaching style from college to NBA? Because I know it's I know it's different. The game is different. The, the players are different. Like everything's different. It's so different. And like, you know, it, it's just amazing to me how good these guys are. Like it's it's incredible. Just the skill set and just their their sheer talent. And you know, when I first got hired by the Spurs, I, I worked for their G League team, but um, it was really cool because at the time, you know, we had you know Ed Ray Messina, who is now the head coach over in Milan. In Euroleague, who was like, oh yeah, sure is a, long, a long time Euroleague champion. Like, um, and I love watching Euroleague. I, I know it's because you've had experience there, Good league, but like, man. yeah, it's great. So like, he's over there being a head coach. Like, Ime Udoka was an assistant coach there. Who's now with the Celtics, and Will Hardy, who was there 
you know, with him now with 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 Coach Becky Hammond. Who was that? He was with Milan. Uh, Emory is now. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So like, but just like the amount of coaches, like quality of coaches there. And, oh, and James Brago was there wow. in my first year, who's now with the Hornets. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like you have all these coaches, and they were so like the cool thing about them was like we could ask them questions, we could email them, call anytime. Like, so it almost made you feel like even though you're with the G League team, you're still a part you know, of, of the varsity club. Right. And so that, that part of it was, was really special. And like, you know, I, I remember like, this is unbelievable. I'm going to see the Spurs, like all this other stuff. And I think Tony Parker, uh, they saw Tony Parker, Ginobili and Kawhi. They were all still there at the time. And I remember just watching like Kawhi Leonard go through an individual workout. And all he was doing was basically just inside pivot, jab jump shot that's it he did that for 20 minutes and then he left then the next guy that comes in is patty mills and all he does for 20 minutes is getting to the corners shooting threes getting to the corner off like relocation and off transition just shooting out of the corner for 20 minutes and he leaves and these before the game or this is just like regular this is just this is like before practice okay and i'm like and i'm like but like they're not they're not doing like these crazy drills and I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I mean, like, these guys are the Spurs. Like, isn't there some, like, you know, magic potion these guys, like, like these drills that these guys do? Yeah. And, like, their biggest thing with player development is, like, just do simple better. Hmm. That's it. And it kind of reminded me of, like, the whole Bill Belichick and Patriot way type thing, like, just do your job. Yeah. And I really like so, that. Do simple better. And, and, that's, and that's basically what it was. And that's, like, because these guys are so good. Like, you don't need a lot of schemes for a Kawhi Leonard. You don't need a lot of schemes for, you know, a LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Like, because these guys are so good. But if you just take a little bit that they can get better by each and every day and just make them masters of that, which they already are, like, you don't really need much else. And that's, like, the one thing I learned with the Spurs is, like, sometimes you just got to let guys be who they are. And, you know what, like, coach them and hold them accountable but hold them accountable to stuff that's simple and the stuff that they can control. Cause yeah. you, as you know, as you know, like guys get bored with like the process of becoming really good players. Yeah. You know, and you, you touched on it, like high hands, like closeouts, like running the floor, like, you know, rotating, taking a charge, like, and all that stuff may not be like, you know, um, you know, whatever, whatever word you want to use, it may not be, you know, satisfying or whatever, but like that goes into winning. It's not always you know, the most fun. It's not always the most fun thing to do. No, it's not. But that's but that's why you know Jay Kurtz had the success he had when he was at Florida. You know, because he was willing to do those things. And like I think that, you know, this even like with Coach Monty, because he was a Spurs guy, as you know. And um, I think all I think the best coaches always coach and hold guys accountable to the simple stuff. Yeah. And then you know what? Like let and let those guys be who they are. You know, but but this is these things are like the non-negotiables. If that makes sense, was is this Demar Derozan's first year for the Bulls? His first year, yep, his first year. Did you did you guys have any idea that he was going to explode this much and like be a, a superstar in this season? Like, did, did like I, your- I I personally did not like you know because okay. I, I really he came in he came in he came in my second year when I was with San Antonio so. Okay. I met him very briefly then, but he, he, he had no idea who I was. So, but even just being with him, like, 
his investment to his body and to his game is like, it's what being a pro is. When I think of being a pro, like DeMar DeRozan is that guy. Yeah. And even like, you know, like Zach Levine, who's still young, um, the strides he's made over the last two years. I think having guys like, coming off of an ACL, it's crazy. Like the amount, the amount of you know stuff he's learned and how much he's, he's grown in that area has been unreal and he's getting better because of it. And then having another guy like Nikola Vucevic, who's been in the league oh, forever, man. like it's just good guys to have in your locker room and like the yeah. utmost like professional and, you know, they, they handle themselves the right way. But, um, I wasn't you know, hoping I, he would get out of Orlando a long time ago, man. I'm like, this guy is too good to be on a mediocre team. Yeah, they, he informed me they, they went to the they went to the they went to the uh, uh, playoffs a couple of years. Like, and people forget about him, but like, like Booch can play. Like, he's, oh, man. he's really he's so good. good. He's yeah. so good. And so I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you a Demar Derozan story that that was crazy. So like, this is probably early in the season, and we have, we have a back to back, and like. We get in off the road, and so it's a travel day. So we get back off the road after playing somebody. Um, I forgot who we were playing. So anyway, I go back to the facility, like to you know, drop my bag off, drop my loops off, you know, whatever. And it's like one thirty in the morning, and my office is kind of near like the train, the training room, and like the cold tub and all that stuff. It's like one thirty in the morning, and I'm like, I'm like, someone's in the cold tank, and I look inside, and it's Demar. And just like, I'm like, okay, this guy's like, <laughs> this guy's legit. You know what I mean? And I always knew he was a great player, but just if people understood just how much it takes to be in the league and to take care of your body and have that investment. Like it's so hard and it's so like against like human nature. Cause I, I me personally, I'm like, dude, I, dude, I just want to go to bed. I want to have like, you know, a cheeseburger. I just got off. I just got off a flight. Like I'm feeling like crap. And this guy's like in the cold tank you know, at like one thirty in the morning. And I was just like, and it makes like someone like myself, like, you know, being in the video room and even like, you know, as an assistant coach or even a head coach, like, okay, I, I want to, like, I'm going to do everything I can to help this guy and help this guy be successful. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's vice versa, you know, but just like the relationship that he's built with coach, yeah, you know, especially in such a short time has also been remarkable. And even the same thing with Zach and, 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 and Vooch, like, it was obviously those guys were the driving force behind this, behind the season in a lot of ways. But I just think their willingness to also collaborate with each other and also the relationship they built with the staff has been really special. And I think that's what that's what you're seeing. Yeah, well, it, it seems like they they really want to win. You know what I'm saying? Like that's and that's amazing to see because I don't know if anyone really counted the Bulls in the beginning of the preseason. I'm not sure what they had you guys. Uh, position as preseason but yeah I think I think we might have been like the same as we finished last year oh my gosh is Caruso is he gonna be he's gonna be is he back yet or is he uh is he uh he's he's still recovering but but hopefully he'll be back here soon okay um yeah so I think he'll be back some sometime soon but like yeah he's just another guy that's you know he's just such such a strong voice like the 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 way he earns respect with the other guys because obviously he may not be as talented like if you look at his story with the way he came up and how much he's worked and gotten to that point, um, you know, how do you like not listen to him? It's like when he speaks, like guys listen, you know, yeah. because he's, he's been in the G league. Like he's been, you know, at, at multiple summer leagues, like just trying to find a spot on a team oh, yeah. or even like on a training camp spot. And just to see him have some success, like, 
early in the G League and then obviously with the Lakers, you know, obviously being an SEC guy and playing against him, like, you know, his story is just incredible. And I, I think, you know, the Alex Crusoe story is something that everyone should should hear if they want to get to the league and play at that level. I am I am more than positive that the Lakers are missing him right now. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Gosh, a guy that can do it all, defend, uh, hustle. Be, I mean, re- truly defend the best player on the opposing team night in and night out, take care of the ball, and just, like, do- doesn't make excuses. He's just, he's just right. like, I don't care. I'm running through a brick wall because I want to win that bad. But let me 100%. ask you this. No, I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but like, in how, because I think this word, it gets thrown around a lot when you're a kid, when you're in college, when there's people around you, but what do you describe when you, when you hear the words like, oh, that's a pro, that's what a pro does. Like, what does it really look like to you to, for someone to be a pro? I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, the Jamar, the Jamar story I told earlier, um, that's, that's like above that, and beyond. That's like, that's, yeah, a, that's. that's But someone someone that's, you know, I I think, I think there's definitely a professionalism to it where you're on time and like, and the thing that's like, like the basic stuff, right? Like you're going to be on time. You're going to eat right. You're going to get your sleep. You're going to come in early. You're going to stay late. I mean, that's like obviously the basics, right? And that's what everyone expects of you. Like that's like, everyone says like in college and the NBA or even like high school, like, well, you need to play hard. Like, like if, and, and these guys, like in the NBA, it's, you know, they're so consumed with, you know, how do I get better? How do I get better? How do I stay? How do I stay? How do I stay? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in a lot of ways, I mean, these guys like just, just being exposed to a little bit, like kind of talking about the 95%, which I talked about earlier, like these guys struggle a lot with, am I good enough? And there's always a lot of self-doubt and, and all, all those different things. And I feel like the guys that really stick, you know, work their tails off, but then also like we talked about do, like, you know, less is more in a lot of ways, like working on one or two things that, that can really help the team. But the other thing too is, and this is the hardest thing, and this is why I have such respect for Kobe White, because with the amount of guys we've had in and out of the lineup, like Kobe's been starting games. He's been coming off the bench. He's had to sit some, he's had to play a lot more. It's like there were points in time like where Kobe would play a little bit less then he'd play more. And like, but Kobe never griped, never complained. And always just had himself ready. And for him being such a young kid, you know, like, but he just, he, and he loves hoop. So like he, and he's such a team guy, like, and for him to get that early on, I'm like, okay, this, this guy's going to stick. Carolina, what can you expect? And he's, you know, and he just loves hoop. He's competitive. He's tough. Um, You know, and he's been counted out a lot in his life. He's with you guys too. Uh, he was, he was, he was with Cleveland. He was with oh. Cleveland. And, um, I think, I think he, I think he's with Utah now maybe, but, okay. um, but he was with us. He was with us last year. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kobe White since he got to the league and that crazy, he still got that crazy hair. Kobe. Yeah. Uh, he cut it. He cut it finally. Okay. You know, you cut it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I told him, I told him it made him like slower. It's like a parachute on his head. <laughs> Have you seen the With him Davidson? His hair is like the same, but nothing seems to slow down his athleticism. I know. It's like, do you remember when do you remember when Lonnie Walker got drafted by the Spurs? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, what was he doing? So he so he came in like his rookie year, and I had we had him in the G League for um my second year or whatever. 
and he was talking to me just about the maintenance of it. I'm like, dude, I got, got mad respect for you. You're going to go through all that. I'm like, my goodness. So, but now he's, now his head's like completely, you know, completely. Yeah. Cut. He's got a so, normal, no more haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, man, yeah, like, what is, you know, I'll ask you one more, you know, what is, you know, for you, big picture, I'm not sure if you knew where you were going to go to, like, after you finished up college, but now that you've, you've been in the NBA for a little while, like, what is the big vision, dream, hope for you as you're in this career now as a video coordinator for the Bulls? Like, what's what's next? Where do you want to go? You're married man now. I know. Um, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh no, it's, it's been a really uh, special journey, especially just, you know, kind of sharing this, this, uh, this whole experience with Lauren, um, you know, cause I was still working at St. Francis, a high school coach when we got married. That's right. And, then, and the Spurs and the Spurs things happen. Like we, we just bought a house. We ran it for like three months and the Spurs offered me a job for that upcoming season. This might've been like August or September. So technically it was, it was late. And uh, I remember just asking Lauren, like, do you want to do this? And, you know, so we kind of made the decision that we were going to do it. And, you know, I was like basically the ops guy, right? So I had a two bedroom apartment, but the second bedroom was like the gear room. So jerseys, yeah. coolers, whatever, what, like everything you could think of that would basically house a basketball team was in my, in my, <laughs> in my, in my guest room. And when Lauren came to the apartment for the first time, <laughs> he's like, oh, like she can give me like one of the, like, oh, okay. This is, this is what it is kind of thing. <laughs> You know, so then from going from San Antonio to Phoenix and then going through the whole COVID pandemic oh, yeah. with her, with like just being us two. And so were y'all apart that whole time during the bubble? Yeah, we were apart the entire time. So we were, we, we didn't see each other for probably five to six weeks, probably. Um, so going through that whole experience with her and then now being with, with my dad and, um, and my base and my whole family now, you know, going back to Chicago and being with them, like is, you know, it's been a whirlwind. But like, it's kind of somewhere you look back and be like, this is, it's, it's pretty cool. And yeah. I think it's, it's made our relationship that much closer, which has been, which has been awesome. So what's, what's next, man? College, I mean, in the future, um, who knows how soon, uh, but would you, is the dream one day to coach college, co- head coach, NBA assistant or. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely up in the air. I mean, I, I love, I absolutely love what I'm doing now and I'm yeah. kind of at a stage where I'm learning, but uh I definitely love the NBA. Uh, probably, probably a dream job for me would be uh, be a head coach. Yeah, you know, which is and there's there's only thirty jobs, so yeah, right. It's obviously, yeah. ultimately competitive, but you know, I just want to be somewhere where I can bring value. And you know, the one thing I really took from from Coach Monty, just being with him, is just that being that being that servant for others. You know, and having that servant leadership, which I know he talked about with you, and it's like it's so real. You know, and obviously these guys are making all this money and like they're the best in the world at what they do. But at the end of the day, these guys, you know, you can still put your arm around them and, and try to help them grow and get better. Um, but that, that's why I ultimately love doing like wherever I can bring value and just help build people up and, and serve at the same time is, is, is really, you know, what I'm looking for and just being part of something that's bigger than myself. You know, that's, that's really what I'm looking for. So wherever that leads me, you know, yeah. that leads me. I, so I just try to tell people all the time. And when they, when they ask me about like, uh, my, you know, you know, I, I still think there's a, a big, I, there's a lot of growth and uh, potential that I need want to achieve and, and things I want to do. But I'm like, hey, it takes nothing to live in the moment where you are now, and to be to be who you want to be, or just be that person now. 
and like being a servant leader, treating people well, being kind, being loving, uh, being aware of what's going on around you and how you can serve. Because I think that truly, even though I was still immature in college, of course, and like those relationships and things that I formed in the past helped me to get to where I am now, working with the SEC, doing this podcast, getting my job here with Tim Tebow Foundation, like all those things yeah. those that were planted. So I want to commend you on that, man. And uh, really thank you for allowing me this little bit of time to uh, to connect with you. I'm sorry you're stuck in Detroit. <laughs> no, it's it's no, I, it's not it's not bad. It's not that well, bad. It, may, it makes you appreciate Crescent even more. hundred percent, hundred percent, especially at the end of the season. But no, Pat, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for having me on. I just want to say congratulations to you and your fiance, and you know all the things that you're doing. I know this was a, was a dream come true for you, especially with the with the analyst job, especially with the glasses and, and the hair. You know, like, I mean, you're looking. And the hair. Look at, look at, yeah. <laughs> I got the braids right now, man. It's like the, it's like the Jimmy Butler look. Um, but, uh, but no, I just, just, I, you know, Lauren and I always, always tune in when you're, when you're in studio and we always enjoy watching you. So you're doing a great job and just representing, just try it, you know, I'm sure it's so hard to refrain from like rooting for, rooting for Florida, oh, but it's dude, like. It's so, it's Cause like, well, it's, it's like, I do the podcast and I do see, and, and I often say like, we, like I have a Florida Gator podcast and like, I have to, yeah. I got to be on the SEC it's, and I be can't like all proper be like the Florida Gators. Yeah. Oh man. No one's giving me a hard time on Twitter or it, yet. You know, the, uh, yet, I, yet. Yes. That's the thing. Yet. Oh man. Yet. When, uh, I got it. I got it bad from Auburn when Auburn, <laughs> uh, because they had almost lost to Georgia mm-hmm. at, at Georgia. And, uh, we were about to interview coach Pearl and I didn't know he was listening. And I was like, I was like, man, Georgia deserved to win that game. And then Coach Pearl heard that, and he went off. Oh, <laughs> oh. He went off on me. No, no, no. Auburn deserved to win that game. No. We, <laughs> we, won, right, coach. we won the game. I'm, and I'm like. All right, Coach, you got it. <laughs> my bad, Coach. I didn't. I, y'all just didn't play good. That's all I meant. <laughs> and they, oh, man, they got after me on Twitter. But um, it's a yeah, blessing. Talk about fiery. Hmm? Talk about fiery. Oh man, Coach Pearl. honestly, man, I love you know seeing seeing Coach Pearl from this dynamic, man. I love the guy. Yeah. I, I, I love watching him. You could even because we had because we had Jared Harper in in Phoenix as a two way, and just hearing him, you know, speak the way he spoke about Coach Pearl, like and even like whether it's on social media or the media, just in general, you hear his players or former players talk about him. Like he's a special, he's a special guy. He really is. He's a man of faith, man. He he gave like when they won that SEC turn to championship, he gave all the glory to God. Just loves the program, like. And what I love about he, like wherever he's at, fully invested, fully invested yep. in the fan. Be where your be where your fear planted. All that yep. stuff. And he's like, this isn't a basketball school. It's not a foot. This is an everything school. He's like, I think when he got there, he like went to all the sororities and fraternities to like <laughs> tell them like, hey, yeah. we need you guys. Like we need you. To like make this a basketball school and all that and like bro at ne- it's called neville arena now that place it was never like that but we would, it would yeah. be intimidating for us to go there and play like now it'd be really intimidating like they are their arena is nice it's like renovated it's beautiful yeah it's, it's really nice thousand like it's it's big time student section is awesome but uh yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping um that orange and blue team can do well uh, I know. Blue, I hope so. It was a little bit darker, but uh, yeah. Billy, thank you so much for your time. Um, I appreciate you, Patrick. Get some rest. Get some rest. Get some good food in you. Stay <laughs> warm. 
Um, I want some Bulls gear. I just want a shirt. That's all I need. I just want a shirt. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, your shoulders and your biceps haven't shrunk since college, so I mean, I'm sure you're, you're still the same size. So we'll get we'll get you taken care of for sure. <laughs> Having to run into your screens every day was a blast and a joy Bro, for me. Let me tell you, man. I still, I just like, I, I I remember just the one day that we had sled pushes and we did it for time. You, me, and Fraser. It's like it's like it's like the point in time you know with Preston where there's multiple times that summer where I was like, you know. I, I don't really need to do this. <laughs> there were points that's like I'm like I wanted to be like yeah, I, can go, I can go I tailgate. Like, I can go tailgate. I can go chill by the pool right now. Out. Like we, could, <laughs> I think you did. I think you did talk to Fraser and I about that at one point. No, we, like, can, like, we could do it. Like we, we could like f this guy. We could do it. Yeah. Good old Preston Green. But all right, my guy. I appreciate you so much, man. Enjoy. Uh, I'll be watching you guys for the rest of the season. Finish strong. Um, continue to bring value. Like. People talk Absolutely, about, man. Uh, I think people talk about uh, sometimes about, uh, I can't remember the word, but uh, influence. They talk about influence all the time, but impact, impact is 100%. Impact is way more important, I think, than influence. Um, cause yeah, there's no question. Impact, impact is like stays there longer. And um, yeah, you're doing that. Even though you might not see it instantaneously, like you impacted us and our team and me uh, in that year, in the, in the times that we were together, man, you, you definitely did. Um, it's just, the thing, the doing the right things and doing what you're supposed to do, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, right. it's, it's not, it's not, we're not always going to get acknowledged for that, but when we do, it, it always does. It feels nice, but uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for your time. This was, uh, I don't know what episode of the young and the rowdies, but this is Billy Donovan Jr. He is with the Chicago bulls uh, doing what he can to help those guys make it to the playoffs. And then, uh, going from there I mean they're going to make the playoffs but you know once we get to the playoffs that's going to be fun that's going to be fun yeah, I can't wait we just got um, we got to get there first but <laughs> so we, you know one step at a time getting that win against exactly Detroit, getting that win against Detroit and taking one game at a time but yeah brother I appreciate you my guy I love you have a great one you too Pat love you man I appreciate having me on yes sir